Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Rowan Verse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. A reminder because I'm having to do these because like I said I am unemployed and I do really need the support. If you can support this podcast and you're enjoying everything that I'm discussing here be sure to head over to patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran for early access to all podcast episodes including YouTube videos and even my other podcasts. So if you can support me please head over there to do so. If you can't don't worry we're going to carry on now with the main content so you don't have to feel bad because honestly I completely get it I just need to put it out there for people who maybe can. So moving on today we are continuing our timeline journey but the Kane Chronicles the Throne of Fire chapter 5 I learned to really hate dung beetles and chapter 6 a bird bath almost kills me. As always I have my points to focus on so today we've got plot progression and generally what I thought of it but to begin here's the synopsis. Carter is not having a good day. Stressed and unimpressed, he tries to take his mind off a bad dream of choices and chaos by teaching. But things don't go to the teaching plan. Even worse, when he tries to de-stress again, his family ends up in danger. This boy really can't catch a break. And that's pretty much the synopsis for these two chapters. Don't fully know what's going on in these chapters, don't worry, we've got the overview for each of them individually for a little bit more detail. So let's head right into that. So first up we've got chapter 5, because of course 5 comes before 6. And chapter 5 is entitled, I Learned to Really Hate Dung Beetles. So here is the overview for chapter 5. Carter is bitter about Sadie's choices, but she wasn't wrong. He was hiding something. In the night, he embodied Horace in his dreams and was shown the old boat of Ra and the prison of Apophis. He is given a choice, go to find and release Ra or have Horace lead the gods against Apophis with Carter and he connected. Freaked out, Carter felt conflicted, but he knew that choosing Ra was the right choice. He was the only god who'd faced chaos head-on. Putting it to the back of his mind, Bass says goodbye and Carter goes to teach his lessons. Training his students thing... wait, hold on. (laughs) While training his students, things are going well, until it doesn't, as a three-headed snake decides to interrupt. The snake taunts Carter, saying it's Ra or Zia, but Carter is having none of it. All the students attack and destroy the snake easily. But the worry is now strong in Carter and he dismisses the class before running to find Amos. 
And that's basically just this chapter. Like I said, Carter's really not having a good day of it. Like this boy, like Sadie has gone on a holiday for her birthday basically to get a break. And then there's Carter quite literally not getting a break. I know Sadie isn't getting a break either, but like she was going for one <laughs> and she's gonna leave Carter alone with all these stress. And yes, he was holding things back, but only because like he says, it kind of freaked him out and he doesn't, he didn't know how to feel about it because it was terrifying. And you know, Sadie wasn't exactly being the most open person at that point in time, considering how quickly she shot down the whole Zia situation, which as we are finding out in this chapter, is true. The whole situation with Zia is true. But you know, anyway, going to the feedback for this chapter, um, I will say I'm really loving the ever increasing like stakes and danger that's happening in these chapters, which sounds weird that I'm glad that danger is happening. But basically, I just love that, like, we're only five, six chapters in. I know this is the case for the Red Pyramid, but we know this book is shorter, so, you know, pacing is going to be better. But the fact that the stakes are rising is just, like, it just feels good to see things moving along. And, like, I'm feeling the tension and the anxiety for this situation and being pulled into to the whole thing a bit of being like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we've seen Apophis is quite literally close to rising because his prison is slowly, slowly fading. And we've seen that in front of our very eyes. And additionally, the barriers to get into, you know, Brooklyn House, you know, they were broken against by this three-headed snake thing. Like, the, the tensions are rising and it's terrifying. Um, and uh, I've got to say, I know I brought up the whole city thing before, but I've got to... Carter is my favourite. By the way, if you would like, you know, Team Carter merch, I do actually have merchandise related to Carter Kane on my merch store, which is linked in the episode show notes, if you would like some. But anyway, I love... But I basically... I love Carter more for something that he says in this, of, like, his reasoning for why he didn't tell Sadie is because, you know, firstly, it scared him and he didn't want to scare her. But secondly, like, he kind of also didn't want to ruin her birthday. And just, oh god, what a good boy. Seriously, what a good boy. I love him so much. He's actually the sweetest. Um, and oh god, it's just, it. it's nice to see so much progression for Carter. Um, and I know I bring this up a lot for Carter, but like his arc is amazing. Like going from someone who, you know, didn't have the best relationship with Sadie. And obviously they did still argue in like the previous section as well. But he does kind of feel bad about it even though he was right about the whole situation and about her possibly going into danger and being afraid for that. But he's under a lot as well. And even though he's under a lot, he didn't want to burden Sadie with even more and just kept it to himself and kept that pressure on himself, which like we haven't really seen for any other characters, really. Just knowing that he kept this to himself to not scare her and for, to, to help him figure out an answer so he would be able to provide something that wouldn't scare her even further I know it just shows the kind of good person that he is and I really like that I just really I just really like Carter that's where I'm going here basically um but with what happens in this chapter as well like not to give any spoilers because also I don't fully remember but the choosing between Ra and Zia situation is working so well to start tying into like what will happen um like in the story itself like this whole the connection between these two characters of Ra and Zia but also the choice of like you know 
who are you going to choose? Because both of these situations are dire. Like, Zira's dying. Ra is also dying. <laughs> but both of them may be a key to helping solve these situations. Um, even though I know they're kind of given the choice of, like, Zira is just the romantic interest. But Zira has shown that even when she was a Shabti, she she was incredibly useful to the whole situation and knew what she was doing. And... You know, provided enough education for our two, like, siblings to know what was going on and kind of prepare themselves going forward. So, like, Zia is just as vital as Ra, which makes the choice even more heartbreaking in some way. We also get the hints of the fact that Zia's village's destruction was directly at the hands of Apophis, which makes you wonder if there's a further connection between Ra and Zia, because... Apophis is terrified of Ra, but why would Apophis use their strength to destroy Zia's home to try and break her? You know, it's uh, interesting. Um, additionally, I love that we're also seeing more of the capabilities of the other magical kids, because like, obviously we get this whole description of this training session with these four kids, of all different like gods as well, although except for Walt, because Walt hasn't decided the path of the gods he wants to take yet. But I think neither is Felix, as far as I'm aware. But I just love seeing them fight and train. And the only issue is seeing them doing this made me a little bit sadder that we didn't get some more involvement from them in the main story for, like, the quest. Like, obviously Walt is going to be involved because we're getting more of him anyway. And I do know that Walt is, like, a main, main character. Um, but... It does make me a little bit sad because like you're introducing all these really interesting characters like Alyssa who's you know um following the path of Ged the you know the earth god um and then you've got another kid I think it was Julian yeah Julian um who is also following the path of Horace and all these sort of things so you've got really interesting characters who are doing really cool stuff and obviously got the adorable Felix while also kind of terrifying Felix who likes to do solve problems with penguins Although I guess he's not going to be the most useful in the quest. But even, even still, we're being introduced to these really interesting mag magical characters. But they have no involvement in the storyline until like small little moments, both at the end of this one and I think briefly in the final book as well. Um, and it just adds to my, my additional sadness for the fact that, you know, this is the same case with Jazz. She got this really cool introduction and now she's just sidelined entirely like I remember thinking even the first time I read this I was like oh this is really cool we've got new characters oh no we've got a new character just one <laughs> we're just gonna have one but especially considering Jazz would have actually been useful with her being a healer but you know whatever um and yeah that's kind of all I have feedback wise for chapter five it was an in it was a good start it was interesting we get the fear and the horror of the whole Apophis situation which Honestly, was actually really terrifying to read. Just seeing this whole this whole description of, you know, Apophis's prison, basically him just basically quite literally like chaos is under the surface, in that he's un quite literally under the surface of all these scarab beetles, um, and each time some of them die, he's breaking out more and more until like when they're all dead, that's when he's going to escape. And I think that's just a really you know, it's a really terrifying image and also very good in its symbolism of, you know, 
evil and chaos being quite literally under the surface like they could break out at any time because you know there's darkness darkness is always under the surface even in humanity we've obviously we've seen a lot of the darkness in humanity just in general throughout all of history and even in present day um so i think it was it's like a really f interesting symbolism and like metaphor for these sort of things and yeah it was terrifying and i i really liked the visual of it moving on to the next chapter which is chapter six a bird bath almost kills me and i will say i don't fully get why it's called this i don't fully understand the name for the bird bath but i think it's to do with the scry but the scry isn't really a bird bath and it doesn't nearly kill him so i'm slightly confused sorry i hiccuped <laughs> um so yeah i'm just slightly confused by the title but you know anyway um let's go into the overview for chapter six seeking out amos carter tells him what happened and the two discuss what it could mean amos wonders if maybe ra was the one sending the message as the scrolls were separated for a reason to test those who may seek them out or to discourage them the siblings have a dangerous journey ahead of them and they have to be ready and they have to know this is the right decision returning to his room which he now shares with kafu carter takes a moment to let out his stresses and anxieties on the balcony while there he uses his scry to look at this place where zia used to, used to be and wonders where she is and what happened to her while in thought walt arrives which leads carter to quickly change the image to the fast's home he sees that walt is a little on edge and something isn't quite right with him walt nearly tells carter something when kafu goes crazy over what's happening in the scry looking at what is shown they see the faust's house is in chaos sadie's in trouble the boys need to go save her and that's basically the overview for chapter six it's a nice it's a nice little chapter we get some like continuation of discussion of choices um in this chapter which i really like and you know carry on with like the cliffhanger that we had for sadie a little bit and seeing where it ends up here and kind of seeing the aftermath of what seemingly happened in that opening chapter in that final part of the previous chapters uh for feedback i would like to point out that there was a fun little nod to the percy jackson series with carter saying he swore he saw a flying horse once um which i thought was quite funny but honestly this chapter is just another solid one for me that just continues to develop in the plot carter's character arc and you know it just it pushes things along which i really do like like he's a kid with the weight of the world always literally on his shoulders and he doesn't know what to do how to cope with it where they need to go he just he's just kind of hoping he figures it out and hoping it's the right decision and who can't relate to that even not on the world saving level but who can't relate to being someone who doesn't really know what to do um and like feeling like you know if you make the wrong choice that could be the that could be the end of it that could be the worst thing you do um and just, i don't know i think that's really i think that's just really nice um but that's all kind of have feedback wise i realize actually i've <laughs> i know i mentioned that i only had one 
topic to focus on today for plot progression but i realize now going down that i did actually have another one for characters but we'll start with plot progression first for the specific subject focuses so we have this rising tension going on at the moment for the ra and zia situation which like i mentioned before you know, there is a little tie-in between these two because there is this tie-in for some reason Apophis well in the case of Apophis and Ra it kind of makes sense because you know power of Mart with Ra power of chaos with Apophis and you know pure rivals that have managed to fight each other before and Ra is the only person who's been able to defeat Apophis which makes Apophis afraid of Ra but we don't really know what the situation with Zia is and it seems like Apophis really kind of took a personal beef with Zia to the point that they briefly seemingly broke out of their prison to destroy the town to try and destroy Zia or destroy her spirit in some way and he knows where she is now which seems to be where her village was before which we don't know where that is because it was basically wiped off the map however long ago it happened and you know for the other continuing plot progression stuff we know that Apophis is rising like his prison is slowly dying uh, by the solstice he will have enough power to push out of his prison and escape unless they find a way to stop him um, and the fact that Carter is the one with the choice of choosing between Ra and Horace to lead them I think is really interesting because like I said it sets up a little bit of his character development of as we saw in the first bit this mention of the fact that Carter it's considered to be to the one who would be the next pharaoh, the next leader. And this just sets that up for it, of this development for his character to be a leader and decision maker. And his reasoning behind his choices, I think, make a lot of sense as well. Like, he believes Ra is the right choice and is the only one who will be su su successful. is because he has been the only one who has successfully beaten Apophis before as well as being a deity that Apophis is actually afraid of, which none of the other gods can save for either thing. Like, no one has been able to defeat Apophis or cause fear to Apophis before. So I can understand his reasoning from there. Um, evidenced by the fact, of course, that the monsters are coming to stop Carter from doing it, because, you know, why would monsters who are, you know, connected to Apophis be fighting so hard to stop him from freeing Ra? if Apophis wasn't actually afraid of him. So, you know, the whole thing and these whole two chapters just really tie into this continuation of setup for Carter's, you know, character arc and his character development to become this really, to become a leader, which I just really like because I feel like this is something that's missed out on a lot, even in the case of Percy Jackson. Like, I'm just thinking about the Battle of Ma for Manhattan, for example. We've never really seen Percy actually be like a military leader. It's always been Annabeth who's the one who's been coming up with the decisions on what to do and where to go and how to do it and all these sort of things. But then Percy is the one who's leading the battle for, you know, the battle for Manhattan. And I remember reading it being like, I don't understand why he's the one doing this because he's not trained in this. All of his quests have all been go with the flow and hope for the best or doing what Annabeth has said to do. So, you know, at least in the case of Carter, we're actually getting some plot progression to understand how he's going to become this leader. Like, he, it's an expectation on him that he will one day become a pharaoh. Well, the fact that he turned it down firstly, saying like, hey, no, I've got a lot to learn, so maybe not right now. And then we are seeing that he, you know, he's taking on these responsibilities of being a leader and making these choices and trying to work out if these are the right choices 
for the magician community and for the world and then you know playing them out and seeing how they go I don't know I just it's nice to see this development for this elite for a leader character because I haven't seen that that much so far in the royal universe so you know it's just it's kind of nice um and you know it kind of ties into the comment from uh isis saying that sadie needs to be the one to support him um because you know he does have all this response this going into carter's character by the way (laughs) carter does have a lot of responsibilities on his shoulders and he doesn't fully know what to do with it and doesn't know if he's doing the right thing which does add to why i'm more frustrated that sadie did leave because he does need her support he does need her to kind of confirm to him as like a sort of advisor like you know how like people in power they usually have advisors to help them figure out if the choice that they're making is the right choice that's sort of like what Sadie would be and I think that's why he was frustrated and why he was stressed about the fact that she was leaving because you know and well, he even says as much he says that he is like stressed and frustrated about the fact that she left because she doesn't offer him comfort or support and he clearly does need it because he's having to make these choices that though he seems to feel confident about them I think he just needs to hear someone else say it because so far no one else has been supportive of his ideas not even the god that he's connected to and I think that's what Sadie's role is meant to be and she's just not fulfilling that at the moment of just kind of you know being someone there who you can talk to to get answers from and talk things out with you know it's even for like me like as someone who's like dyslexic but also someone who's a writer I need to sometimes talk out my ideas to someone to see if they make sense and get their feedback from it or even when I have written something like what I wrote my recent novel which is book two for the Into the Wild series and I've given out to my alpha readers who are the people who read like the really rough drafts and kind of give feedback on it to help me improve that's what I feel like Sadie's meant to be she's meant to be sort of like the alpha reader to Carter's ideas like someone who is instrumental to making sure things you know are done the way to make it better and make these plans work whilst also being involved in the process in some way but I guess it's still kind of making her a secondary position and you know I guess maybe not the most no no it's fine I just it's just it's frustrating because Carter is doing so much and Sadie thus far is not but going to his whole leadership aspect like we are seeing how much of a good leader and teacher he is like he's working to the strengths of his students more than anything like the the fight scene that we have the way in which he structures his classes is basically use what you can do to defeat this in the case of Shabti, like a war, like a fighting Shabti. Do what you can and do what you know you can do to defeat this Shabti. And, you know, that will be a success. And I like that. So, like, boosting them up to make sure that they can do the magic in the way that suits them instead of, you know, like, usually what happens in education where, like, you do it the teacher's way or you fail. Um, and I like that. I just, I like seeing this development of Carter. And I think kind of going into this final bit for going to the question of the episode specifically, I want to know what do you think of Carter as a teacher and leader? Do you think he's doing a good job? Do you enjoy it? All these sort of things. And that will go up on our social media um, t- 
tomorrow and I, I, do, I know I would just I would really like to hear your thoughts on this because I think Carter is doing really well as a leader thus far like or someone stepping towards the role of being a leader without currently being like a full one at the moment but yeah I think that's kind of all we really have time for like this is a really good set of chapters but <laughs> I don't think I really have much further to say other than I've enjoyed them, it's progressing the plot, it's doing really well for Car uh, Carter's character arc and you know I'm I'm really impressed with all these sort of things and I want to say I'm definitely enjoying Carter's point of view more because I feel like whenever we're in Carter's POV the plot progresses and character arcs progress. I don't think we have that as much with Sadie's chapters so far. Maybe we'll get that in the next couple of chapters or further down the line. But that's what I want to see from Car uh, from Sadie's chapters, similar and to do with the progression with Carter's, but obviously more to do with Sadie's. You know, I like that they're individuals. I just I just need her chapters to have a bit more significance than they do at the moment. But um, yeah, thank you all for joining me for these chapters. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our own verse journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically where we listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email the Best Damn Camp at hotmail.com, or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Royal Universe content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see, shall I speak to you all next time. Bye.